I've been sharing with you in the last uh, two weeks a series about worship. And we called it M&M Worship. And those of you who were this weekend at the workshop with Marsha McPhee figure out that my creativity is her creativity spilled over. That's a fine way of saying that it's hers. <laughs> uh, she's the one, and we heard what was M mm good worship. Now, we know why she called it mm good worship and not M&M worship, because that way she doesn't owe anything to M&MR's company. So mm worship, we started at what was yesterday, uh, yesterday and the day before yesterday. We experienced some of it, right? It was flavorful. It was interactive. It was symbolically rich. And would we say it was transformational? Did it change us to a degree? Yeah. I saw it here today. People were greeting one another in a different way, the passing of the peace. It was interesting. Uh, so M&M worship, and the first message that we spoke about, that, that we shared was worship that worships. And we discovered that morning that worship that worships is not about a style, a particular style, this style or that style. Worship that worships is not about your preference or my preference. Worship that worships is about worshiping the holy, sovereign, triune God. Period. Then the last week we talked about worship that builds up. And we discovered that worship that builds up is that kind of worship that inspires you, that changes you inside, that deals with your life, that crosses, intersects with your life where you're at. So it builds you inside in such a way that as the psalmist says, my cup runneth over. And that worship that builds up spills over into us wanting to serve, to love, to meet needs. And I was reminded last night that the emphasis of this worship that builds is others. And Jim, I remember June asked her favorite song in her funeral was others, others, others. That's worship that builds up. It's about others. Today, in a few moments this morning, I want to share with you about worship that is acceptable. And traditionally, we would have gone to the whole idea of, of uh, what's his name, Cain and Abel? But that really has little to do about worship, to be honest with you. I won't deal into those two brothers, we know. But let's get into the scripture that we have this morning. I'm going to be reading out of uh, Genesis 22, verses, verses, I know where Genesis is, verses 1 through 20. And this is the story, a story that many of us have heard many times. Some of us have not, but I'm going to read it. And I'm going to ask you to listen to and for the word of the Lord. Actually, Ab uh, it's a story about Abraham. He had left already and he was in the wilderness. He was actually uh, in a foreign land. And the verse before finishes that Abraham settled as a foreigner in the land of the Philistines. After these things, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, and Abraham said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, 
whom you love, I mean, he's springing forth, whom you love, go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt sacrifice, one of the mountains that I shall show you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey and took two of his young men servants with him and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering and set out and went to the place in the distance that God had shown him. On the third day of the journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place far away. Then Abraham said to his young servants, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over. We will go and worship. And we will come back. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the kettle. So the two of them walked together. Isaac said to his father, Father? And Abraham replied, Here I am, my son. He said, The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb? For a burnt offering, Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. When they came to the place that God had shown him, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood on the, on, on the altar. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached to his hand and took the knife to kill his son. But the angel of the Lord called him from from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, "Don't, don't you touch. Don't you put your hand on that boy. Or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son. Your only son from me. And Abraham looked up and saw a a, a ram caught in the thicket by the horns. Abraham went and took the lamb. And offered it up in a burnt sacrifice to the Lord instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide, Jehovah Yireh, as it is said even to this day, on the mountain of the Lord, it shall be provided. The word of the Lord. It is amazing that worship in itself, it is not the singing, it is not the poetry. It includes that, but it is not limited to that. Worship that is acceptable is the worship that God, God's self requires. 
And in our story, we see a man who God loves and loves, and he loves God. After all, he obeyed. He has a long history with God. He has a long standing with God, following God, seeing God's amazing works and miracles on the journey all the way from Ur. He had seen God doing amazing things. He had already been called the father of faith in chapter 12. And yet, the Lord decides to ask him, I want you to give me the thing you love the most. And it's in worship that you're going to give it to me. And, and the way the scripture says, I want you to take your son Isaac, the, one, the only one, right in your face, the one whom you love, <clears throat> the one that I gave you. Ooh. So this is a story about worship. Some would say that in the process, that the story begins in Abraham, and Abraham was tested by God. But some scholars have even dared to suggest that it was Abraham testing God. Some would say that it was Abraham testing God to test God's fidelity, to test God's covenant, to test God's faithfulness to his people. However, we know the scripture says that God was testing Abraham. You know what? I think it goes both ways. Because if you think about it, when he has to take that child, he doesn't argue. We don't have an argument here. Well, Lord, we don't have a negotiation. We don't have a, well, a, a, a substitution. We don't have a running away from the demand. We seem to see an Abraham that gets up in the morning, prepares the things for the worship service, grabs the kid, grabs some helpers, gets the donkey, and let's go worship. But on that journey, on that journey, as God was testing Abraham, and perhaps Abraham testing God, there was fear. Well, it's not there, but come on. Abraham is one of us. There was anger. There was contempt and resentment. You gave me this son, now you're asking me to give it up. You gave me this wonder, and now you, I have to give it up? There may have been some negotiation that we don't see here. There may have been some doubt. Other theologians, this is the wonderful thing about studying theology, nobody agrees. But the Spirit brings it together. Others would say that he rose up gladly that morning, faithfully and obediently and humbly over to the Lord, Resignation all the way to the worst may happen. Is it one or is it the other? Or is that the wrong question? I really think he experienced both. I really think that as Abraham was heading to worship and God God himself was asking him and telling him how this worship was going to be. When Abraham himself was wor- went out to worship, he was not comfortable, but he was willing. How many of you this morning weren't comfortable, but were willing? Due to physical you know, difficulties, that happens. But you were willing. 
That tension of ours keeping ourselves away from out of the comfort zone, that tension that God puts us in, where he asks us, I want you to worship in an How about now? The last of the battery. (laughs) So basically, this struggle, this tension between humanity and the way we really want to be with God, obedient, it happens in worship that is acceptable. Jesus also had to struggle with worship that was acceptable. And in two occasions, not three occasions, The words from heaven came down. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. So Jesus himself gave his life as a worship. In our Reformed tradition, we we think of worship in a more ample way. It's not the hour that we're here, right? That's a worship experience. But worship in our Protestant Reformed tradition is the way we live our lives. The way we live our lives. I forgot about this. But worship is all sorts of funny stuff. Hearing God. Acceptable worship is about hearing God. And here's the little lambs who have gotten busy with the world and they just can't hear God. And the shepherd is calling and we can't hear God because we got other stuff on our ears. Abraham Listened to God. So in acceptable worship, the first thing is hearing God. And once you hear God, once you hear God, then you respond to God. And that's exactly what Abraham did. He responded to God. And the way that he responded, it was a human response. Doubt and faith at the same time. How many of you like uh, uh, balsamic vinaigrette? You know what that is? That's oil and vinegar they have actually fused together. That's where the rubber hits the road. We say, oh, oil and vinegar don't mix. Yes, they do. You just got to beat it up enough to, until it loses some properties and it relaxes. And the molecules can then join one another. I learned that from a chef. See, by responding to God, he's responding in humility. He's responding in worship, in obedience. So worship that is acceptable is is hearing God and then responding to God. That's exactly what Abraham did. That's exactly what Jesus did. He heard God and he responded in the way that he was supposed to respond all the way to death. For which, because he was so obedient all the way to death, the verse in Philippians says that all glory, all worship is due to him. So acceptable worship is that worship that moves us into hearing God, into responding to God, and finally into walking with God. In the story, we hear two occasions that Abraham walks with a child and responds to the child. And there's another journey from one question to the other. 
And I'm sure that father was answering very diplomatically and very parental, good answers to the child, didn't freak out the child. Get this knife so your throat. <laughs> but as a loving father, fearing the worst, yet hoping the best. Stuck in that situation, fearing the worst, and yet hoping for the best. I wonder how many of us have been there. And I wonder how many of us have even seen that spot as a place of worship. Because worship is not the hour. Acceptable worship is our lives. As we live our life as a sweet offering to our Lord, as we live our lives loving one another, as we live our lives as a sacrifice, not a dead one, but a living one as we go out and minister to others. Worship that is acceptable is to live like Jesus. Okay? Worship that is acceptable, say it with me, is to live like Jesus. Amen.